Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, my first season. Very excited for today's guest. He is the first geo or ex-geo that uh, was working for Clemed in the 1970s, 1978 to be exact. His first season was in Porto Petro, which is in Mallorca, Spain, and he is a he was a sailing geo. He is a Canadian now living in Louisiana. I want to get into that, ask him how that happened, and uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, please help me welcome Tim Purcell. Hey Tim, how are you doing? Oh, reasonably well for an old fart, you know. <laughs> Thanks for uh, agreeing to come on the podcast and tell your story. Really appreciate it. So, uh, how, do, where, where in Canada are you from, and how the heck did you get to Louisiana? If we start there, because <laughs> I'm always curious how that happens. <laughs> well, I, I was I was born in Montreal area, and my oh. father, my father was in the Royal Canadian Air Force, and uh, we we moved around a lot. Uh, we uh, went to Germany for a couple of years, uh, Calgary, uh, lived outside of Ottawa, Moncton, New Brunswick. And uh, then when my father died in 63, came back to Montreal, where my mother was from. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm from Montreal, but I never made it out. So how did, how did you get out? Uh, they, they left a hole. Uh, they left an opening and I, re- no. Um, <laughs> I'm sensing you married, you married an American is what I'm sensing, No. No, no, okay. uh, no, actually, uh, I, the economy was bad. Uh, I'd been looking for a job for a year with no, no success. And, uh, I saw an ad in the Montreal paper, uh, club med was looking for people. So I sent a resume or whatever and, uh, entered, uh, got a, uh, an interview and, uh, went in and, uh, okay. Wait, interview. Wait, so was this in 1978 that you saw an ad? Yeah. Okay, this is really strange because when I applied in 1994, you had to know someone who worked for Clemet. It was so secret back then, so I'm very surprised that there was an actual ad in the paper. All right, so, okay, but you said you were a sailing geo, correct? Yes. So where did you learn to sail? Uh, I, in uh, the Grenadines. In the Grenadines? There's a story here, too. Okay. <laughs> you still haven't told me how you got to Louisiana, but I'll, I'll, I'll swing back to that. But <laughs> how, how did you wind up in the Grenadine? Well, uh, the, deal, the deal of it was I'd been, you know, interested in boats all my life and played around with motorboats and everything. And uh, I worked at the Royal St. Lawrence Yacht Club uh, for a little while. And uh, they had all kinds of sailboats there. And I thought, yeah, it'd be really nice to, to learn how to sail. And then uh, at one point, uh, I said, you know, I want to go on a vacation. I want to go somewhere exotic. And uh, there was a place in the Grenadines that said, uh, if you know a little bit about sailing, you can come down here and get on a, a big boat, a 40-footer or whatever, and uh, sharpen up your skills. So I asked, I said, you know, I've never been sailing, but I, you know, uh, devoured a book on sailing, pretty well memorized it. They said, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be any problem. So I went down and spent uh, 10 days sailing in the Grenadines with uh, a local guy hired by the company and uh, a couple of guys from Chicago and some woman from Boston. And uh, we spent uh, we spent the time, each of us uh, had a day or two as being the captain of the boat and deciding where we were going to go and everything. And uh, just just sailing and 
you know, applying what we knew about sailing to that particular boat. When it was all over, they gave me a certificate saying, oh, you can come back anytime and uh, charter one of our boats. Said, okay, fine. And uh, so uh, a little later, I, I went back to the Virgin Islands and chartered one of their boats by myself. Well, it was a, a person uh, that I knew that came along. And uh, then uh, I didn't do any more sailing until I went to the interview. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So when you saw this ad in the paper, now, did you send um, a resume? Like, was, was the office in New York at the time, the head office? No, it was in Montreal. It was in Montreal. They, were, they, they did the interviews in Montreal. I went to uh, someplace downtown. I can't remember where. And uh, did an interview with, uh, I think his name was Greg Russell. Okay. He had a brother also. Now, did you know anything about club med like had you had you heard of them before uh, i just I, I i just heard it was you know a a, a vacation uh a resort uh type thing and uh that was that was about it okay so my question is so how did it happen because um around my time you know uh, 94 96 to leave the uh, what you call the north american zone you had to basically get promoted to a chief of service so how did a first season get sent to Spain how does that happen or were you, deal, or you just were you just lucky the deal it was is I, I, I went through the interview waited a while and then uh oh they called and said yeah all right uh you're in uh we'll let you know and then I waited around oh I got rid of all the stuff I had in the, in, uh, the house I was renting and and uh, was all set to go and uh, like nothing was happening so I started Asking, hey, what what's the deal here? And finally, they said, "Oh, okay, uh, we need a sailing geo in uh, Porto Pedro." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, fine, that that all right, no problem. Uh, I'll go to Porto Pedro." And, and uh, now, did you, know, you sent... did you tell them you spoke Spanish? Is that why they sent you there? No, no. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> all right. There was there were very few Spanish people there. You know, the European zone was uh, basically French people. Okay. Now you spoke, uh, you spoke French though, right? Yes. Okay. Now did you, so did you think this was normal at the time? Like someone from Montreal would get sent to a club met in Europe? Did, was that like, yeah, I, knew, that? I knew, no, I knew nothing about the, the politics or the mechanics or, or whatever. Okay. Placing, placing GOs anywhere. Uh, you know, I just knew that they had places all around the world and that sounded good to me. So, and I needed a job. So I, uh, wow. I pared everything down to three suitcases and uh, off I went. Now, is Porto Petro one of those like summer villages? Did they yeah, they it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a summer village. It's only open like uh, April till November or so. Are you able to uh, describe it for people who have never seen it? Is it, a, is it in a beautiful location? Is there mountains oh, around oh, it? Oh, yeah, it, 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 it's great. It's uh, Porto Petro is a little village. It's like right next to the... Uh, right next to the club it's a you know little little fishing village built on a little bay you know the the road at one point runs along the uh, little like seawall there it's uh, it's built on uh, you know there's, there's some hills there and everything and uh, then outside the outside the fishing port there's uh, a bunch of uh, uh, cliffs and everything like that, uh, but it, it, it's beautiful. It's integrated well into the into the uh, 
landscape. They have uh, horseback riding there, and you know it was uh, it's a very uh, very small beach, you know, and a you know a, a deep little bay that comes in. It's just uh, it, it was it was very uh, a charming place. The uh, sailing shack was right down on the water. Uh, there was no beach there at all. There was uh, <laughs> obvious thing for a sailor. There was a bar right next door where you could run up a tab and uh, that sort of thing. So it was uh, it was very nice. It was it, it was a you know beautiful little place. Now, when you had your interview, did the uh, person conducting the interview tell you about the uh, hours and how many days a week you'd have to work? Did that come up at all? Like, did you know it was seven I, days a week? I, I don't remember that, you know, I don't. Um... But you but you remember working seven days a week when you got there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you know, but what else is there to do? That's true. <laughs> rest, uh, rest, relaxation. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, but I guess you had time to see the sites too and go on excursions if they had any excursions. I'm guessing you saw some uh, of the place, right? I mean, you know, uh, there was uh, some guy that uh, I guess was sort of a, a club med hanger on or whatever. He he had a he had a Land Rover or something like that. We went on a drive once and uh, went to some little restaurant where I had squab for the first time. Oh boy. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, you know, but uh, aside from that, cruise, cruising around Mallorca, you know, going to see where uh, Georges Sand uh, lived and, and stuff like that. No, never, never got to see any of that. Uh, went on a couple of sailing picnics, you know, to neighboring bays and things. But uh, no, just spent, uh, just spent all the time in the village uh, working, you know. Uh, it was one of those, uh, sailing shack was closed on arrival and departure day. So you could, uh, you know, make sure people got out of bed and, you know, got their bags to the assembly point and, you know, showed people where their rooms were and, you know, did the usual, uh, oh, your bag is missing. Uh, let's, uh, make a search for it and, 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 and things like that, answering questions and, uh, all that sort of stuff because it was in the European zone the majority of guests were european a lot of french a lot of germans lots of people from uh, the netherlands some italian people uh, this that and the other thing but uh, there were just about no north americans there for holiday okay now when you got there in that first week or two did you experience any kind of culture shock at all like were you were you all wide-eyed or well uh, you know i i was obviously trying to uh, figure out the lay of the land and, and what happened. And, and, you know, there's always uh, reunion geo and, and, and uh, you know, things like that where you, because at that point, you know, there was no, uh, there was no little printed schedules about where you had to be and what you had to do. And uh, this, that, the other thing, it all came from uh, your uh, responsable de service who would tell you, okay, uh, Go down all those stairs, get drag that boat up, and we'll we'll do an entree to restaurant here with a with a sailboat in front of the restaurant. And uh, if you got anything pirate, dress up in that, and 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 those kind of things. And it was all you know figuring out. Oh, okay, this is what we do. We, we do this. We do that. So um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't any big deal. You know, figuring out how to do my laundry and all that sort of stuff. It was uh, there was, you know. 
to show you how pre- there was like one phone in the village. That was it. There were, uh, I don't believe there were any TVs. The, the, the World Cup was on and uh, they had to borrow a TV from somewhere to, so they could bring it in and, and, and show the World Cup to folks that wanted to see it. So, you know, it was very primitive, I'd say, uh, undeveloped kind of thing. You know, there was no, uh, no air conditioning in the rooms, uh, that sort of stuff. Okay. Well, all right. This is uh, pretty interesting. <laughs> so did they stick you in the shows right away? Did you know you're going to have to dance or uh, did you uh, manage to avoid rehearsals? Uh, and shows? No, I think I, 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 I was in some shows, but you know, they're basically you, you, if you're not in the show, you got to be there anyway uh, for when the, when the show was over to, whoop, Time for the crazy signs, time to get people up and dancing. Uh, that was, you know, de rigueur, what you had to do, uh, you know, that was it. So, but yeah, I think I was in a couple of shows. We uh, what did, we put on uh, the French Revolution, which was a, a rock opera at the time. And uh, that was, that was a, well, a revolution, obviously a big deal, <laughs> something that uh, had to be planned well. And, uh, you know. I, I, I saw all that happening, but I, I don't recall the the uh, the uh, regisseur and uh, the, those people coming after me saying, "Oh, we need uh, someone to uh, you know do this or do that or whatever." As far as the shows were concerned, I saw a lot of them. You know, I saw them all, but I I didn't uh, I don't recall being on stage uh, a whole lot. Were you the only Canadian geo there that season? The, I'm guessing you must have I, been. <laughs> I, I believe so. But you asked me uh, in the preamble to this about a funny story. Yes. And yes. I knew how to speak French. Obviously, I got made fun of because my Quebecois accent. But that's right. Yeah. I didn't know any of the terms for a sailboat or, you know, anything technical about sailing in French. And uh, I said, hey, you, you know, is there, a, is there a sheet of paper that tells, you know, no, no, nothing like that. We don't use that here. We just teach people how to sail. So uh, there just happened to be an American guy there, Bill Burkholder, who uh, had uh, already been in the club. I think he was going to University of Texas or something. And this was a summer job for him. It just so happened that uh, he's the one <laughs> that taught me the French terms for, you know, all the rigging on a sailboat and uh, uh, the points of sail and this, that, and the other thing. It was an American guy that taught me that in French. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> so anyway, and, you know, just like I say, it was uh, a daily thing. You go down to the you go down to the sailing shack and uh, there's people there and they say you four you five or whatever you go out with uh, tim here and uh, he's going to show you how to sail and uh, that's uh, pretty much what i did and and obviously you know the people from the netherlands that spoke english and and other people that uh, german people that spoke english because uh, those are two countries that have a large percentage of the population that speak English, you know, I got a lot of those. So, uh, and, uh, you know, if there were uh, French people, I took them out and 
taught them in French. Let's get back to, you mentioned the show French Revolution. So July 14th rolls around. It's Bastille Day. I'm sure there was big big festivities planned. So did you know what Bastille Day was and what you were doing? I I knew about the Bastille and everything like that. I'm not sure I was, I was cognizant of the fact that it was such a huge holiday, but you know, they, they certainly uh, put on the dog, as they say. And there was uh, around the, uh, the restaurant and the, 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 the offices and everything like that, there was a big sort of courtyard there. And they set up uh, this huge buffet and they were uh, doing uh, goats on spits and uh, stuff like that. And of course, it was all uh, decorated in the Bleu Blanc Rouge and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, it was a big deal. It was, uh, I don't know... Uh, did did you do any uh, did you do any July Fourth things in the American Zone? Yeah, but I just I just ask about Bastille Day because my first season was in Turks and Caicos, and I didn't know anything about Bastille Day, and I didn't know what was going on. No one would tell me. They just said, "Do this, do that, throw that flower bomb over there, help build that <laughs> castle on the beach, and we're, then we're going to storm it." Okay change into this so i was just so to me it was kind of eye-opening because i didn't know anything about bastille day we only taught canadian history so i was just curious of everyone's bastille day memories how they compare to mine (laughs) oh okay yeah no it was uh yeah it was it it was something and uh you know that was was when i discovered it was such a big deal for the french yeah (laughs) were were there any employees or managers or team of villages whatever chief of service that stood out to you that first season and made a good impression on you yeah well the 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 chef de village patrick uh, bakiri he was a really nice guy uh he was you know really easygoing was he french or italian he was uh I believe a uh, what they call, and I'm not sure how derogatory this term was, Pienois. He was uh, kind of North African, I believe. Or Pat- Patrick was, Patrick Bacchieri? is that is that his name? Yeah. Okay. So but, was he uh, yeah. uh, was he like one of those crazy chiefs? That was everywhere, and you know, or was he laid back? Been on the, you know, he he was he'd been on the French junior uh, volleyball team before oh, wow. he blew up an ankle and uh, so with him volleyball games on the beach were uh, a big deal you know he, he he was always into that but he was you know he was always around the village uh glad handing the people and just you know being a chef de village running things uh, uh you know wh- whatever it is they do to make the people happy he was a pretty good guy the uh chef de sport was a guy named jj uh, who was uh a really good looking guy with, uh, you know, a well sculpted body and everything. And it appeared that was about all he knew. He wasn't uh, a little mocked by the, uh, the GO team uh, for uh, just, you know, the way he presented himself and, 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 and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, he was, uh, he, he was, uh, you know, basically inoffensive. So uh, he, uh, you know, I don't recall, uh, you know, I don't recall any bagarre, as they would say in French, uh, going on uh, 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 about him. Animateur was uh, a funny little guy that taught the uh, Greek uh, surtaki dancing and, uh, you know, did all the nor- normal animateur things. Other than that, I don't, uh, you know, the, the GOs were the GOs. They were uh, European and, 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 and African. And I believe one of the guys from the Ivory Coast uh, unfortunately died of congenital heart failure or something like that. 
during the season. You know, other than that, it was, uh, it was, I suppose, an eye opener for me that you could have that much fun working. You know, you could, you could be uh, busting your butt hauling things around and, 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 and setting up, you know, setting up impossible scenery and, and this, that, and the other thing, but, you know, still have a good time doing it. Were you getting paid in local currency or U.S. dollars? I'm just trying to figure out how they were paying you. And, um, and did you wind I, up? I don't, I, I, I don't remember. I, I think I was probably getting paid in pesetas or whatever it was. You know, obviously when you say getting paid, you're, you're overstating the fact. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Must have been. Uh, well, you probably don't recall what you were getting. It was. Month, it was monthly, around. Right? It was around four hundred dollars a month. Okay. Now, did standard, you did you wind up? Um, did you wind up saving any money at the end of this summer season, or did you come home with a little bit? Um, yeah, I, I, I think I had some. I'm not sure when it was. When it was time to. When it was time to go back, they as the season was winding down, you know, and they start announcing, you know, who's going where for the next season. Yeah, uh, that's Patrick, a, yeah. yeah. Patrick was going to a snow village, and seeing as how I wasn't a uh, ski instructor, and they already had uh, what they call the ski man, who who you know took care of the. Uh, the skis and the bindings and, 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 and the rental equipment and, and this, that, and the other thing, they already had one. There wasn't any place for me, but he said, you know, after the, after that, I'm going to do the opening of uh, a new club in the Bahamas. And I want you there with me. I said, okay, fine. Not a problem. So at the end of the season, uh, the maîtresse de maison and the, uh, what, what did they call her? The Economic Boutique or whatever she was. Anyway, the, the Dutch girl that was the maîtresse de maison, uh, she had driven there. So they said, hey, you want to come back with us? We go in the car and we'll drive up. Said, sure, why not? We went in the car, got on the ferry and uh, got back to the mainland and uh, drove across Europe, uh, visited a couple of XGOs on the way. And then I uh, got to Paris and uh, one of the uh, one of the guys that had come au pair and, and got on as a sailing instructor, he was living there in his parents' place, and uh, I got to uh, hang out with him. And he had a little uh, Citroen two uh, CV, and we went to uh, Saint Malo, I believe it was, to see the start of uh, transatlantic race. Yeah, I had a little adventure. Uh, driving around France in the in the Deux Chevaux. So that was pretty good. And, uh, you know, because I didn't have to be anywhere in another village, I kind of hung out and uh, I went to Amsterdam and visited some some GMs that I knew there, you know, had a wonderful time. Okay, so did you, you would, so you, you chose to travel instead of doing a, um, like a second season then, right? Right, right away. Yeah, well, right? like I said, they didn't, they didn't really have any place for me I, and I, I didn't at that point know to ask well if I can't go to the ski village is there something else I can do until uh, okay. the, <laughs> the opening of Duluth right you know I was uh, oh uh, okay hold up so you're saying that you you opened the Luthra? yes wow that must uh, must have been something no because I've never been to Luthra, but I, I've been to the other two in the Bahamas but everyone I know who's worked at Luthra always raves about it and it's the most beautiful and it was their most favorite one so what was it like opening a Lutheran? Well, you know, another it's, finally I, you know, I got home uh, from my gallivanting in Europe. I, uh, you know, waited around, waited around. Finally, it was like, 
hang on, what's 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 going on here? There should be people there, and we should should I should be in a Lutheran now. So I started obviously bombarding the the offices. What's going on here? And uh, the next thing I know is that oh uh, yeah, we forgot about you, but uh, yeah, come on down. I got down there later than I should have. Uh, I could have been down there earlier, you know, putting together the the sailing shack and. Uh, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing, you know, I finally got there and I put, uh, you know, I, I was the first one to use any of the scuba gear that was there. And I used it to uh, scout, scout out the, uh, the floor of the bay there to find places to put uh, moorings for boats and stuff like that. Or treasure, uh, right? There must have been a lot of treasure. Back treasure. Then. <laughs> no, just, what, uh, sorry, Tim, what, what year was the Luther opened? Uh, 1979. Oh, wow. Okay. It, yeah, it was the summer of 79. It was uh, back March, March, April uh, when I got there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't open yet. Uh, they were still putting the Papasan chairs around the uh, bar and, uh, you know, doing things in the animation to, uh, you know, get ready, waiting for their uh, Dugomier to come from France with all the costumes and, and, and whatnot. And, and of course, the the set decorator was going crazy uh trying to build sets for the sets for the shows that were uh, going to be put on and stuff like that so it was uh it, it was pretty manic even though you arrived even though you arrived later you were still there before the first guests arrived yes i was okay interesting and you stayed there what i'm guessing 6 months to a year I was there 8 months altogether 8 months okay yeah. Uh, that, I guess that pink sand was pink as ever, huh? When you first got there. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a weird village because the village is on one side of the Island and the uh, Marina is on the other side of the Island. So they had a, they had an old school bus taking people back and forth from the village to the, to the Marina. So every morning when I had to go to work, I had to get up and get on the bus and go, uh, go to the other side to, uh, you know, teach sailing. And, and you were asking about funny stories again. I got up one morning and, uh, rushed down to the bus cause I was running late and, you know, I wore, I wore the small bathing suits. Okay. So, so I'm on the bus and we're driving along and I look down and, Oh, you don't have your bathing suit on. You have your underwear on. So <laughs> I got to the sailing shack and it just so happened I had a spare bathing suit there and I, I was able to put it on. But I, you know, nobody ever said anything. Nobody ever mentioned anything. But that was. Uh, hey, hey, it was a, it was a 70s, right? Hey, <laughs> didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you had something on. <laughs> so was um, opening uh, Eleuthera, which is, I guess, a big thing is opening a village. Was that like the highlight of uh, your club next career, opening that resort? No, I don't think so. Just because it was a new, you know, it was a new village. It was nice. It was, you know, everything was uh, unused and, and, and stuff like that. And it was, a, you know, it was a lovely place. So, yeah, it, it was really nice. I mean, I... I can't think of any villages I went to that weren't nice. Where did where did you go after Luthra? Uh, next was uh, Cancun. Cancun, wow, okay. That also must have just recently opened too. I'm guessing uh, if you were at... for a few years, three or four maybe. I'm not it, sure. But it was the first or one of the only resorts on that strip, right? That whole strip. Is if I look at old photos. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The old photos <laughs> just show the club and the, not much else. <laughs> yeah, that and and that was it. You know, over by Cancun, by 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 the town, there was uh, 
there was a bunch of hotels over there, but there was nothing in on on the beach in between whereas now they're all cheek by jowl there yeah no it was uh it was uh it was a nice one that's where i met andrea livingston okay yeah she was uh she was a windsurf geo there oh she uh, oh she was a windsurf geo at that time she later became a chief of village but okay so when you met her she was windsurf. but she she also later uh you know won a medal in the demonstration event at uh, Los Angeles at the Olympics uh, in windsurfing. That's right. And you, were you also a sailing geo in Cancun? Yeah, I was, I was, I was sailing, uh, sailing all of my, all of my career. How many years was your career? Three or four? Um, eight seasons. Eight seasons. Okay. And after Cancun, are you able to name them off? Uh, yeah. Um, um, that was um, Shadow Royale. New Caledonia, the where I I became a, a chef de voile. Okay, yeah, because if you weren't, if they didn't promote you and you got to New Caledonia, I was gonna I was gonna like raise a hissy fit at you because, uh, you know what 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 you're describing to you know doesn't happen today. Like you can't get to New Caledonia and yes, you become a chief of service. So, so um, I'm sure there's a lot of XGOs listening are like, what? They sent him to Europe his first season, then he went to New Caledonia. Wow. <laughs> Uh, you probably still have jet lag from that trip, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, not to mention the fact they lost my luggage. Oh, God. So then you had to buy all your clothes in a very expensive boutique, right? <laughs> um, no, I, I finally got the luggage back. It was. Uh, oh, you did? Okay. Oh, yeah. good, good. <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 had, uh, I had bathing suits in my carry-on bag, so I was set. <laughs> yeah. Bathing suits and a toothbrush, you're all that's all you need, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially especially, you know, especially when you're in sailing. I mean, what else do you need? That's your uniform. Uh, yeah, you know, a pario at night to, to to put over the bathing suit and you're you're golden. <laughs> and after um, New Caledonia, where did you go? I'm not sure of the the, the exact uh no, it doesn't have to be in order. <laughs> chronology. Yeah. Uh, but there was uh Il Maurice, uh, La Pointe au Canadien. Oh, wow. Uh, there was, uh, let me see, there was another stint in um, Eleuthera, and there was uh, Playa Blanca. And... Oh, wow. What, what year was Playa Blanca? Early 80s, I guess? Yeah, er, yeah, early 80s. My, my last season was uh, Paradise Island. Oh, okay. Another one in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've spent a lot of time in the <laughs> All right. So judging okay, so I've I've noted all the resorts you've been. So was there one that you would say was was there anyone that was magical to you? Was it the first one because of they they sent you to Europe, you know, or do you not use the word magical? It was there a special one or are they all special in a different way for you? Was there one that stood They're out? All special in a different way, although you know, Porto Petro, like, like I said, it was a quaint little thing. It, it, it and it was, you know, right there beside the town. It was very it was very picturesque, you know. Obviously, uh, Eleuthera is a, 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 a lovely island. I kind of like Mauritius because I'd have to go into uh, town every once in a while, visit some kind of uh, little ship chandlery type thing to get things for sailing. You know, it was uh, you know right on a lovely bay, and 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 then in the town they had the uh, the market, which was. Uh, just kind of what you would picture a, a, an open air market would be with all these stalls and, and, and uh, you know, people selling their stuff. And, and uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was very interesting. That's uh, 
where I learned to carve a pineapple from a street vendor. It was, uh, it was just, it was, it, it, it was kind of neat. And uh, the, uh, of course, the dodo bird was long since extinct, but the Mauritian government gave us two, uh, two huge tortoises, like, uh, you know, like Galapagos tortoises. Really? Huge things. Yeah, they, they built a, a, a little enclosure with uh, volcanic stone and kept them in there. And the uh, animator uh, used to dress up in something funny and he'd go in there and he'd, uh, he'd feed them. And uh, they, they had a, you know, you think, you know, tortoises, big deal, not very smart. But they, they had some sort of connection, that kind of thing. It was, uh, and then uh, the scenery... It was uh, basically nothing but wall-to-wall cane fields. And there were all of these uh, walls built out of volcanic stone that they'd taken out of the, taken out of the fields uh, to, to make them, uh, uh, to do their cultivation. But it was just a ton, a ton of uh, cane fields. But uh, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was pretty neat. You know, of course, New Caledonia, it was, uh, it used to be a UTA hotel or something like that, the Chateau Royale. And uh, so it was a it was a high rise had elevators for crying out loud that kind of thing, so uh, uh, it was kind of neat. And of course it was uh, it was uh, right there on the bay, and there was uh, you know restaurants around and there was a casino there. I got uh, kicked out of the casino because uh, I was wearing gray flannels and a blue blazer and a nice shirt and everything. But I had on my clogs with no socks, and they wouldn't let me in because I didn't have socks on. Okay. <laughs> so they bounced you for no socks, huh? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one of those things. <laughs> Whew, man. You could, yeah. you, could barely, you could barely see my feet. You know, <laughs> pants came down, you know. Even, even though they were good. Even though they're going to police police you of all your money, they said no, you can't enter because you're exactly socks. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Which they probably would have taken from you anyway once they've taken all your money. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, uh, Tim, wow, I really want to thank you for for coming on and sharing your stories with us today. This has been great. Uh, no problem. Like I said, I'm pretty boring. I'm, um, you know, <laughs> don't sound it to me. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I just had a great time, uh, you know, working for the club. Uh, basically, the reason I, uh, the reason I, I quit was uh, they wanted to, uh, they wanted to send me to Mexico again, to uh, I think it was Zihuatanejo, but the uh, chef de village uh, had a very bad reputation amongst GOs as being one of those that would you know, come along and say, you, here's your ticket home. So I didn't, I didn't want to have to deal with that. So you just, so you, so you stopped and then you went back to Montreal? Uh, yeah, I went back to Montreal, but in the meantime, my sister had moved to Houston and uh, back in Montreal, I would have had to get a place to stay, uh, some transportation, a job, all this, that, and the other thing. And my sister said, oh, come on down here. There's lots of work down here and, uh, you know, you can stay with us for a while. So that's what I did. Uh, I went down and uh, started doing carpentry with uh, my, uh, at the time, brother-in-laws and uh, just lived in uh, uh, Houston for the next uh, 30 odd years, uh, you know, doing jobs here and there, uh, having my first heart attack, this, this, that, and the other thing. And then uh, about 11 years ago, uh, once again, needed a job and, uh, I went to uh, northern New York, uh, Corning, work on some helicopters, 
And uh, then a place here in Lake Charles that I'd applied to before I went up there called and said, oh, we need you down here. So I moved to Louisiana and uh, the rest is history. So being from Montreal, tell me, do you miss the snow? Here's what you say. Uh, you Here's know, where you say, I, so you say just, no. You know, because <laughs> even, even when I was, you know, when, when I was, we were young adults, we, we were working and, and this, that, and the other thing, but we hung out in, in groups and everything and uh, and say, hell, let's go, let, let, let's grab some toboggans and go tobogganing tonight. Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I skied, uh, we rented uh, ski shacks uh, up on the Laurentians and stuff like that. But what I didn't like was galoshes having to uh, you know having to get dressed up and uh, get all full of snow and then get to work and take all that stuff off and then at the end of the day put it back on while it was wet and and, and go home and you know shoveling out uh, early in the morning so you could actually get to work and stuff like that Th- those are the parts that i didn't like okay yeah no, i don't blame you there sir <laughs> <laughs> well everyone uh that was uh tim porcel uh, again thanks again for sharing your stories with us sir and uh we'll see you all next week bye <laughs>